Welcome to the All Your Decisions Podcast. If you are looking for a personal development podcast that is unfiltered and authentic, you've come to the right place. Each week, we bring you the best ways to make better decisions in every aspect of your life. Get ready for an up-close and personal conversation with your hosts, where they will discuss how to lead a better life through better decisions. And now, here are your hosts, Pete and CK. All right. Hi, everyone. This is Pete here. So once again, welcome to the session of Invest with Pete. So today, we're going to bring our focus back to the property market because over the last weekend, uh, we had a fantastic launch at one of the new launch projects called Passeries 8. Okay, so later we'll touch on that, uh, how it went, what was the pricing, and, and I think many of you already know uh, what's the results, and we'll talk more about why are we seeing that. But today, guys, I want to really touch on something that many of you have been asking me, um, you know, that you really want, some of you want to get into your property scene, right? You've been asking me like, hey, Pete, should I, should I get started? Should I start investing now? And things like that, okay? So guys, as usual, as a start, right, I just want to check that everyone can hear me. Guys, if you all can hear me, I have one question for you, okay? And it's this, right? Let me put up a question. The question is this. Any of you here who bought a property in the last six months, if you have, type in me, okay? Let me just, let me just edit a bit. Huh? If you have, all right, type me if yes, okay? I want to see how many of you took action in the first half of 2021. All right, I want to see how many of you took action in the first half of 2021, all right? So let's just see a few of you. Michael is here, all right, can't wait, okay? So just, just gonna wait a bit more for everyone to stream in. Huh? Okay, so guys, how many of you actually bought a property in the last six months? Because if you have been following the trend, you will know how the property market has been moving, okay? And it's really quite insane, okay? So today, let me go through some of the key message I want to bring, bring through with you guys first, okay? And tonight's session, what I'm going to do is this, right? I want to talk about what happened in the second quarter of 2021, right? And what is coming up for the rest of the year 2021, okay? Because we still have another half a year to go, huh? all right? So for those of you who are investors, who are looking to buy a house, this is going to be crucial for you, okay? And last but not least, what can investor do, okay? And is an investor too hot? Right, and to do that, right, to answer some of your key questions, I'll bring on a very special secret guest at the tail end, okay? Uh, she's already here with me, but she's, you know, at the background listening in, right? And guys, make sure you seize the opportunity. If any of you have any property-related questions, okay, you need to use this session. Make full use of this session that I planned for you, right? I've arranged with her for a long time and I managed to book, right, just a, a scarce one-hour right here for you guys, okay? So make full use of the opportunity later on, okay? So before I bring her on, let me go through very quickly what are the analysis uh, for this year, okay? So let me see uh, how many of you took, took action. Uh. Wow, Paul took action. Very good, very good. Michael took action. Michael is looking at treasure this Sunday. Wow, okay. All right. So how many of you took action? Wow, very few of you took action. Uh, because the thing is this, in the last... Six months, I would say, right, for the Invest with Pete community, we have helped many students. I would say on average, every month, we help about two to three students, okay? 
And I think some of you might be wondering, wow, two to three is like quite little. Uh, one month only two to three. Once again, the thing is this, we go for quality, not for quantity. Uh. Okay, so let me just go through what happened in Q2 2021 first. The first thing is this. The private home sales, which is talking about mainly condominiums and stuff, all right, went up for the fifth quarter, quarter straight consecutive quarter, all right, five consecutive quarter, okay? And if you want to take a look, right, you can see that actually Q1 to Q2, there was a, there was a drop, you know, there was a quite a big drop, right? Everything dropped off from 3.3 to 0.9, from 6.7 for lender, finally, finally lender cooled down a bit, okay? And in non-lender, we are seeing, for example, uh, non-lender from 2.5 dropped to 0.9. However, we did see one that continue its strength, and it is the area of OCR, okay? It is the area of OCR. Guys, what is OCR? Can anyone help me and type in the chat, right? Just in case you all don't know, huh? Okay, what is OCR? Hey, guys, any of you stay in the OCR region? Type in OCR as well. Okay, type in OCR. Now, and this is key because you need to ask yourself, when you're buying a property, are you buying somewhere you're going to stay or are you buying for the best buck for the money? Okay, that is key. Huh? If you're buying the best buck for the money, you ask yourself, hey, where is actually the best area? Especially for those of you who typed yes earlier on, right? Who bought a property in the last six months? You need to ask yourself, hey, if you're buying for own stay, then actually anywhere can go, right? But you're buying for property investment, right? You need to make sure you're buying the correct area, okay? So indeed, OCR did perform very strongly. And in fact, when you look at the chart, this is from URA. Ask yourself, where do you want to put your money, okay? And definitely, I want to put my money in the this yellow triangle chart, which is actually the outside central region, okay? OCR stands for outside central region. Right, so that is for non-landed private property. I won't touch on landed so much, right? Because landed is really a, a different ball game totally. Okay. However, let me go into another sector that many people would be either staying in or having it under their name, which is actually HDB resale. Now, HDB resale once again, also five consecutive quarter of increase. In fact, the last three quarter has been on average, a 3% increase quarter on quarter, all right? So if you put 3%, 3%, 3%, man, that's like at least a 12% jump just nine months ago, okay? Five consecutive quarters, right? So for those of you who are buying into HDB resale, do note that, it, you know, temperature, uh, the temperature over there, right now what's happening with temperature? The temperature is slightly higher. The temperature is slightly higher right now, okay? And... What size are people going after? This is very important because when you're going to buy a resale property, take note, many people say, hey, I'm just buying for my own stay. But remember this, nobody truly just buy for own stay and never sell again, unless you're really nearing the end of your, your life, right? You're going to stay there for the next 20 years. That's it, right? But otherwise, you will have to sell your place eventually. So ask yourself, which are the sizes that people are going after? Because these are properties that will tend to hold better value. Right, and for HDB URA, you can see that on quarter to quarter, right, last year 2020 Q1 to this year Q2 2021, we see that on average, it is actually the four room, five room, and executive flat that sees the most transaction. In the transaction increase ranging from 21%, 32% for five room, especially, and even executive flat, 
right, went up by a whopping 30%. So this indeed is like the COVID effect. Okay, this is like the COVID effect. Huh? It, guys, so how many of you uh, are staying in a HDB right now? Okay, if you're staying in the HDB right now, type in the chat, HDB, okay? Let me just, let me just type it in. Huh? If you're staying in the HDB right now, Okay, so the thing is, when you're buying resale right now, I would say be very, very uh, discerning. I'm not saying that HDB resale is not a good buy, right? There are still pockets of gems here and there. However, do take note, HDB prices has been climbing for consecutively five quarters and in the last nine months, over 12%. That is a huge jump, right? That is a huge jump, okay? All right, so next one I want to go through is this. I want to talk about the land sale by the government. Now, why is this important? Okay, government land sale. And you can see there are several here. There's the Lentor Central one that already got awarded, right? We have the Slim Barracks Rice. Now, where is this Slim Barracks Rice? Where is it? It's actually near the One North Eden project that was launched previously, okay? That was launched previously. So this is really something that we're going to touch on later on, okay? And there's Tembusu, which is actually um, at a Katong area. And there's Lentor Hill, which is actually very close to these two, these two sites. These two sites are very, very close. Okay. And we have Dairy Farm Walk. Okay. So we're going to touch on Lentor Central first because this is something that's already awarded. We know what are the prizes, who won the bid, and things like that already. Okay. So, hey, hi, Anna. Anna is here with us. Uh, Anna is doing her property uh, restructuring now. Very, very good. I love it. Won't, won't be for long, Anna. Won't be for long. <laughs> okay. So why do we want to look at government land sale is this, guys. If you're a property investor, you're always asking yourself, five years, even 10 years down the road, what will be the property trend? Where will prices be? And your strongest indicator is to look at government land sales because these are land that are bought now but will only be developed five years, eight years from now, right? From planning approval until it's finally built. And guess what? That means you can actually have the opportunity to know what is the future prices of property in Singapore simply because of the system that we have. Okay? So guys, if you are an investor and you're not making full advantage of this, I strongly urge you to go and read out on what is a government land sale about. Okay? So let me just give you some value today. Huh? Guys, those of you who never studied government land sales, right? Okay, guys, type in GLS. Type in GLS. Huh? Okay? Now, where is... Lentor Central. Lentor Central is actually at the Yochukang area. This is the Lentor Future Thompson East Coastline, right? And it is right beside it in a very prime area here, okay? So this plot of land is expected to yield about 605 units. It's going to be an integrated project. First floor is going to be some commercial and then residential, right? But this is not a... Uh, this is a mixed development, sorry. Mixed development but not integrated with the MRT, okay? Mixed development, right? And guess who is the winner? Okay, guess who is the winner? Guys, do you know who won the Lentor Central bid? Okay, who won the Lentor Central bid? Right? And it is this company that hasn't won for a while already. <laughs> okay? It's none other than our brother Quark, all right? Gokoland, Gokoland uh, development. Okay? And guess what? The bid price is perhaps the most shocking thing other than the fact that Gokoland finally won. <laughs> The bid price, just the land price, uh, guys. The land price, not the not not the uh not the actual selling price, uh, just the land price, is a whopping 
1,204 per square foot. 1,204, okay? So guys, as an investor, you'll be wondering, hey, how do I know 1,204 per square foot for land? Is it a good buy, bad buy or not, right? So very simple. Before you even start calculating how much you will sell, ask yourself, around the area, around the area, okay, what are the development that's already present, okay? So around the area, we have Thompson Grove, we have Calrose, right? Calrose as well. And let's take a look. How much are they selling right now? Okay, hey, guys, anyone stay in Thompson Grove and Calrose? Uh, type in the chat, let me know as well, okay? So Thompson Grove is a freehold project, freehold project, okay? It is completed in 1984. So this project is even older than me, okay? <laughs> right? It's currently selling at 1,200 1, PSF on average for a three-bedroom size, okay? Now, Kelros, also a freehold project, uh, completed in 2007, currently selling at 1,400 PSF, okay, on average for a three-bedroom flat, once again. Lentor Central is going to be a 99-year lease, not a freehold, huh? Completion likely to be 2026 or even 2025, okay? Now, I'm going to give you a teaser. The last two digits for the PSF is 33, okay? What do you think the front two number will be? What do you think the front two number will be? Uh? Okay, so guys, right now, I want you all to type in the chat. Uh, what price, okay? What will be the selling price? Type in the selling price for Lentor Central. What do you think? What do you think will be the price? Okay, what do you think will be the price? Uh? Okay, well, guys, tonight, Friday, how many of you went to TGIF? Uh? You're very quiet and very short. Eh? <laughs> Okay, right. What will be the price? Now, to help you, I'm going to give you some options here. So how much is the expected selling price? And later, I'll show you how we arrive at it, how we calculate the, the expected selling price. Okay, so the first one is this. It's going to start at 1733. Okay, second option, 1833. Third option, 1933. Fourth, 2033. Finally, we have 20. Uh, 2,133. Okay? So guys, type in your type in your, your, your bid now. Huh? What's your bid? Okay, what's your bid? Okay? So Joanne says it's by Gokoland. Indeed, right? Gokoland have not won projects for a while. Huh? The last one that I know of Gokoland is... I think... I think... Amber. Uh, Amber, Amber wrote there, right? Wow, it's been a while already. Okay? So some of y'all say 1833, Belinda went berserk, Belinda went 2333. Wow. Okay. This is like some bidding right there. You're also bidding for land. Eugene to put 2033. Oh, Gowen, my dear friend, 2033. What's the C for? I don't know. Okay. Michael put 1833. Saga Invest put 2133. Belinda put 2033. Kairu put 2133. Paul went for 1933. Wow. Lin Liel went for 2133 and now went for 1933. Saga say Coco show very expensive. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Okay, and Trisha went for 1933. What's it gonna be? Okay, and Kairu says Passwiz 8 already 2000, maybe 2133. Okay, so could it be outside this? Okay, so let's have a look. Huh? So let's have a look. So actually, this is something that you can actually calculate. Huh? Okay. So based on the land price, we know that they paid so much in absolute amount, right? 784 million, okay? So construction, we estimate 
200 million land financing, professional legal fee, marketing fee, okay, so on and so forth, right? They expect that the break-even price uh, is going to be 1933. 1933. All right. How many of you actually guessed 1933? Okay, 1933. So there's Paul, there's Trisha, there who else? Only, only Paul and Trisha, nobody else. Adrian, Adrian put 2333. But guys, take note. What is this? Is this the selling price? Take note. Huh? Is this the selling price? No. This is not the selling price. Huh? What is this? This is only the break-even price, you know. So what is the real selling price? Usually, we have to take some profit, right? So if we build in, let's say, a 10, just a simple 10% profit margin for this project, Lentor Central by Coco Land, actually, the expected selling price is closer to 2133. Okay? It is actually closer to 2133. Right? So this kind of tells you, uh, for, for a lot of investors these days, they say, wow, so expensive. If I buy uh, this area, I'm paying, like for example, Woodley Residences, a lot of people complain that it's very expensive. Wow, 1,008 per square foot, 1,009 per square foot. But guys, Lentor Central, next time, where it is just a mixed development versus, let's say, Woodley Residences, all the way central at Potong Pase. Guys, which one do you want to buy? You want to buy Lentor Central or Woodley Residences? Roughly the same price. In fact, Woodley Residences is still slightly cheaper. Okay? So this tells you that the future price is going to be this. It's likely going to be this. Five to eight years from now, it's very likely going to be this. Okay? So which is why I want to really congratulate those uh, who bought, right? Earlier on, I asked how many of y'all bought in the first half of the year. I want to congratulate all those who took action because the win is behind you. Right, the wind is behind you. You, me, together, we'll hot together and we'll go to the bank together, okay? Now, other than private, let's look at another project that was actually done and bid at the same time. It's actually the executive condominium at where? Tampany Street 62, okay? And it's actually this one, right? So this one is a slightly smaller project, 590 units, okay? It's an EC, not a private. And the winner is our dearest company, Qingjian, all right, who is very famous for building a lot of EC um, um, over in Singapore, right? And the land price, land price is 659. Now, just in case, uh, guys, you think that 659 is very, very cheap, uh, I want to let you know, this is actually a record bid. Eh? It's a record bid. Why? Because previously, the last highest was actually in Tengah EC, Tengah Garden EC, and it's 603. Eh. Oh my goodness. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, copy Eric Chu's sound effect. Eh. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> right? This is a whopping 10% jump for EC. Now, the thing is this. Land price doesn't tell you everything, right? So once again, let's ask yourself. Go back into what would be a potential price. A potential price. Ah. What is a potential price here? Okay? So... A potential price, we are expecting about 1,300 PSF for an EC, you know. And it is not even at the central of Tampanese. Eh? It's at the outskirt of Tampanese, near the highways even. Okay? So really, this is telling you the future prices of condominium rate, right? Jonathan say 1,250. I hope so. I really hope so. I hope Qingjian go easy on us, right? Go easy on our investors. Okay? 
But based on what I calculated, I think it's about 1,003 PSF. Let's, take, let's see. Uh, let's, let's see if they give us a good price. Okay? And this is why I want to go back to last week's launch. What's last week's launch? Passeries 8. Just 415 units. You know what was the average per square foot now? Guys, how many of y'all went to Passeries 8 last weekend? All right? Can you tell me what is the per square foot? What is Passeries 8 per square foot? You know, anyone went? I actually went to the actual site with my favorite uh, team and later on, one of them is going to come up as well, right? The special guest. We went to see the place, you know, and we're like, wow, it's actually quite good, quite amazing, right? Guys, so what do you think? What do you think is the PSF uh, for Passeries 8? What do you think is the PSF for Passeries 8? So Henry, Henry is quite, quite accurate, right? About 1699, indeed, right? Average is about 1600 PSF when it started, uh, when it started, okay? So do you know how many percent was sold? This is the diagram, you know? This is the diagram I received at about 3 p.m. that day. 3 p.m., okay? So Kowen, spot on. It started at 1,006, and then it went up to 2,000 per square foot, okay? And just now, when I just checked, Passeries 8 is right now 87%, so eh, congratulations. Congratulations to All Green, the developer All Green, they did so well. All Green is a developer that does um uh Avenue South. I don't Avenue South, sorry. Fourth Avenue Residences, uh, Royal Green. Okay, so guys, so there's very little uh wonder like why how the Passeries itself so well because when you look at the prices that we are expecting in just eight years to come, it is two thousand one for Lentor Central. Okay. EC at Tampanese for 1003 If a fully integrated project like Passeries 8 is only selling right now at 1006 I think that's a very good deal, right? So congratulations to all those who bought. Um, we Our team, I think we had uh, about four people who tried, but none of them got any, even uh, got a number close to any, uh, 400 anyway. Okay, so congratulations. Now, the thing is this. Going forward, what's going to happen, right? So the next one we want to look at, right, is this one, the Slim Barracks. I don't know why it's called Slim Barracks. Uh. It's not very slim. Uh. Okay. <laughs> slim Barracks is here. Right? It's this two plot of land. Now, this plot of land looks very, very familiar. Why? Because it was actually previously the very famous One North Eden that a lot of people bid it for. Okay? Many, many, many people bid it for. And One North Eden... Oops. Oh. Let me just ask you. Uh, One North Eden Okay, started at Bidder at 1,933. On average, uh, on average, one nine. Uh. Okay? Now, what do you think in this case for Slim Barracks? A project that, these two projects that is just next door. Uh, okay? Actually, it's this one, uh, this one. This one in particular. Okay? It's really right next door only. How much do you think the launch price is going to be? How much do you think the launch price is going to be? Okay? Alright, guys. I want you to type it in. Uh, what do you think? Okay? Now, try again. Uh, those of you who got it wrong, try again. Try again. What is the PSF for Slim Barracks? Okay. What will be the PSF? Uh? What will be the PSF? All right. What do you think will be the PSF for Slim Barracks going forward? Okay. So Jonathan put 2133. Okay. What else? <laughs> What else? Any more? Any more? Some of y'all shocked, right? You're like, huh? Just now, just now, I, just now, it was the highest, right? So the highest, what? The highest is two, three, 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 yeah. 
Okay. What, what do you think? What do you think? Everyone, you can give yourself some moment to type in. Uh. Because the thing is this. One of Eden previously launched at 1009, right? Let's see if I can get it, get the numbers out. Uh. Okay. It was launched at 1009. One of Eden. Just about half, uh, no, four months ago, three months ago. Belinda said 2033. Henry, 2333. Now, guys, the thing is this. Actually, at this point, we are not sure as well. What does it depend on? It all depends on the land price. Then we can calculate. Right? Remember what we did just now for Lentor Central? With the land price, we can accurately calculate what is going to be the launch price. Okay? But based on the current climate, my own prediction uh, on how hot the developer is bidding. Okay? And this is not anywhere Tom Dick Harry in Tampanese or Pasiris already. Eh? This is Bona Vista, guys. This is Bona Vista. This is near the Biopolis, Metropolis, all the polis, right? All the different polis, media polis are all there, okay? So my own prediction that is, it is going to be closer to 2333. This is my prediction, that it is going to be closer to 2333, okay? All right, okay, guys. So right now, this is all I wanted to share with you, which is, which is why when people ask me, AP, hey, is it a good time to invest? I said, you know, it, for property, right? If you have holding power, okay? If you have the power to hold, uh, it seems like it's always a good time to invest. Uh. You know why? Because if you look out into the future, all right, maybe we can find a chart later on to show you guys. In the past, if you just draw a, a five-year or 10-year timeline, there is very little time in period where you actually lose money. That's how strong the real estate scene is in Singapore. And it's not by luck. It is actually by design because we have so few land and there's so many of us on this piece of rock and everybody wants a piece of the rock. Okay? So my own prediction that is for Steam Barracks is going to be 2 triple three. We'll see how. See whether I'm close. All right? Maybe I'll do again when Slim Barracks is finally tendered. Then we'll know whether we are close. Okay? So guys, right now, I want to bring on my very special guest. She's been waiting for a while already. Okay? And she's none other than Fina, right? Fina has been working very closely with me. She's a very seasoned property investor and a property consultant. Um, over the last three months, right, together with her, we've helped uh, over 11 members to achieve their property dreams, okay? So I just want to bring her on together with me because I know many of you have questions, okay? So guys, right now, I want to go into the question and answer for all of you, okay? Now, so if you have any questions about your property, Let's say you have a unit, whether you should buy EC or HDB, any questions, right? This is a AMA, ask me any question or ask Fina any questions, okay? Put them in the chat and I'll make sure that Fina gets, gets to you. And I just want to use this opportunity to also tap into Fina's mind, right? How she look at the property as a person that is constantly on the ground, right? And how she find great properties for her client as well, right? This is very important because... It is not just going out there, picking any property and anyhow buy, right? This is something that a lot of people make mistakes, right? They don't spend enough time and effort to sit down and really understand what they want before they jump in, okay? So without further ado, let me bring on Fina right now, okay? And guys, start by typing your questions in the chat, yeah? Okay, so let me bring Fina on. Hi, Fina. Hi, Pete. Hi, Hello. Hey, thanks, thanks, for, thanks for agreeing to the session. I, I know you're very busy. Um, in fact, I think today you were just showing one of your clients. It can, can, share, 
can you share a bit about like your 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 clients uh where 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 is he selling so actually um we have been very busy actually pete has been asking me to do a facebook live for the past one month and uh, we have uh, mm. been postponing it for over a month because <laughs> the market is just you so have been hot. postponing it no okay. i'm just kidding <laughs> Yeah, so the market has been just so hot and um, there are record prices being hit everywhere. Hi, hi Lillian. And in fact, I have just, uh, I've just achieved uh, two different record prices for sellers. Um, so one is a HDB flat, a five-room HDB flat at Bishan, where we got more than 100,000 compared to the previous transacted price. And 100,000? This is just a five-room flat. Yeah, more than 100,000. The COV is also like more than 100,000. So it's the, the market is really, really hot. And even now, I am also selling one uh, one unit at um, Bredel. Okay. Mm. So some of you may know of this project called Bredel View. So it's a very, very old... Um, I think it's probably the... The remaining one, one the, the last HUDC one. HUDC that's trying... Yeah, one of, one of yeah. the remaining ones another one in Jurong, the Ivory Heights. Ah, but Bradle okay. is has been trying to go for on block. It's very, very old. Uh, but the last transactor is about 800 plus PSF. And currently, mm. I have also helped the sellers to achieve a, a record price. Uh, we are very near closing. So, was... Um, okay, so, so, so we won't, we won't go in, into it too very, much. <laughs> very, yeah, essentially, the market is very, very bullish, la, I would say. Yeah. Okay, okay. So actually, so Fina, one of those, the main questions... Yeah. yeah. No, no, one of the main questions, right, is that now that you say it's very bullish, right? I mean, you know my view, lah, how I look at the market, but I just want to make sure that it is not just me looking at the market being very bullish. Lah. I want to come from a uh, different angle. So for, for you, right, what do you see at the market? Is it Are we overheated or are we still get more room to go? So what I see about the market, right, is that if... If we look at the chart, right, and we look back on Singapore's performance since 2013. Now, 2013 was the previous high of the Singapore market. And mm. ever since 2013, prices came down for about four years until we hit 2017. And since 2017, Singapore market has actually been on an uptrend. The last uh, round of cooling measure was implemented in 2018 where the additional buyer stamp duties were actually increased. But that mm. only dampened the market by a very, very small bit, less than 1%. Okay. Mm. So the market actually slowed down, but it was it didn't get a roller coaster um so-called. It didn't do a plunge. Okay, it only reduced by a little bit. After that, the uptrend continued. Even during COVID, yeah. uh for the circuit breaker last year, the circuit mm. breaker last year actually impacted the market by about one percent. Okay, yeah, so we can yep. see that from this uh, is the private property index of Singapore. In the COVID mm. situation last year, market only came down about one percent, which means that essentially Singaporeans really have good holding power. Okay, mm. and after the circuit breaker, essentially the market has just been like on the rise quarter after quarter, as Pete has shared with uh, many of the reports. So the market has just been going up constantly. Now, why is that? I actually see that there are like five reasons why this is happening. One is interest rates are at an all-time low. So it's very, very cheap to get a bank loan now. And even if a, a, a so-called investor or property owner goes for fixed rates, 
You can even get fixed rates from the bank, for example, five-year fixed rates at 1.3% or 1.4%, which is very, very um, incredibly low. And if you go for a flexible floating rate, you can get it at like maybe a 1.1% or some clients told me they even got 1.0 something for floating yeah, rate. Yeah, I, just, recent, I so, just recently got mine for, I think, yeah, 1.1 something, yeah. Yeah, so it's incredibly cheap now. So those people who can afford it, they, they like this the low interest rate environment they're going in. And the next thing is we have a lot of uh, good stability in Singapore uh, in the COVID situation. I would say that we are literally, um, besides the stability and the rates of vaccination, these are very, very good. The third thing is we have excellent uh, government uh, governance, even with the government giving a lot of relief packages to businesses. So the business environment is still very good. And Singapore is still attracting many, many uh, global businesses to invest in Singapore as a country. Okay. So the fourth thing is, is very clear. We are like the best in Southeast Asia now. Singapore as a country is literally a, a very good place for people. In fact, many people are trying to come into Singapore because of the safety, right? And finally, number five is and, I would I, say a lot of people and, made money in stock market yeah. last year, so they want <laughs> so to they so they divert divert. <laughs> yeah. No, if you know, talking about you know foreign demand, right? I, I think that has always been uh, quite a big factor driving the property market. So on, on for for you when you are dealing with uh clients, I think your clients are overseas as well. So are they coming back to buy? And how are they buying? Like they are not even in Singapore. Are they really buying? So, in fact, right, every time we have a so-called lockdown, sales actually uh, continue on. Why, where do the sales come from? Actually, it's like a Zoom, Zoom sales. So now virtual, virtual purchases are getting more and more popular. So not just people work from home, people also buy from home. Okay, so think about it. I yep. mean, like for a lot of investors, literally, they don't really need to visit the show flat. They just need to look at the floor plan, look at location. If the numbers make sense, they make a decision. So same for True. foreign investors as well. There are foreign investors buying over Zoom as well. So this mm. is what's happening in today's market. Okay, Ken. Okay, Fina, I have so much more questions for you, but let's go into some of the audience questions first, okay? So Kathleen is asking, right, do you think that the market is bullish because of panic buying? So, so Fina, maybe just share a bit, like, what, what do you see uh, in the market? Are, are people just buying, you know, without thinking? And are there more first-time buyers, second-time buyers? What do you see in the market now? I, I think this is a great um this is a great question. Panic buying would maybe uh, relate to FOMO, FOMO like the fear mm. of missing out. Definitely, Singaporeans are known to be kiasu and kiasi uh, We all know, right? So mm. when the market is moving, uh, people who are sitting on the fence may be thinking, yeah, I better rush in to buy. But I I don't really think that this is um a, a really very kind of like. Formal kind of purchase because of two reasons. One thing is, it, uh, most Singaporean families, right, they can only afford two properties at most. One under the husband's name, one under, un, one under the wife's name. Mm. Okay? Because if a uh, Singaporean owns second property, uh, they immediately get hit with a 12% ABSD. ABSD, which is yeah. very, very um, ex expensive, right? So not many people can, can afford that. So I, I wouldn't say that it's like a panic kind of buying. It's more like those who are sitting on the fence they would actually want to take action because they see that the market's moving. Having said that, we need to really identify who are the biggest sellers and the biggest buyers in the market. 
the biggest seller in the market is clearly the government, our Tinghu, right? So the government is the biggest seller in the market. And who is the biggest buyers in the market? The biggest buyers are the developers. So I think we really take a, we need to take a lead or rather take a clue from what the developers are doing. If the developers have, are showing confidence, right? And uh, honestly, if we look at the developers, are the developers like doing panic buying? It's, it's not panic. I think they really analyze due to uh, the factors of supply and demand. Before they make such a huge investment to purchase the land from the government, they only make this purchase because they have confidence that they can sell, right? Mm. So it's, if the developers are not in a panic situation, that means it is purely because of scarcity and demand. Singapore yep. is a small place. Our land is limited. So it is, it's just very natural that our prices will go up over time. What we see is that the trend is a very stable uptrend. It's not a very like a roller coaster kind of thing. So I would say that we are having a healthy uptrend right now and it's not a panic buying. Okay. So so with, that, with that in mind, let's yeah, yeah, it does. So let's say like for Belinda, right? Look, Belinda Cool here looking at investing in a second property. Is it the right time? I mean, in your view, I mean, of course, guys, please do your own due diligence. Uh, don't because today, tonight. Fina say good time to buy. Pete say good time to buy property. Then everybody start anyhow buy property. Okay, but is it a good time to buy a second property? You know, given the stamp duty, what do you think? So recently, I met a client. Right, they actually mm. own a HDB, and they want to buy a private property, and they want to hold on to their HDB. This HDB mm. is a three-room flat that is probably if they sell it, they can get three hundred thousand. Yep. Uh, the trim plate is worth 300000 And this condominium that they want to buy, if they don't sell the flat, they have to pay an ABSD of 200000 Just That's like buying an HDB. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so this question is very... Like this question that Belinda asked, there are many things that we need to look into. The, the first question that I will ask is, what is this first property that you are holding on to? Is it worth mm. to hold on to it and, and, and not sell it, um, pay the additional buyer stamp duty just to keep the first property? Otherwise, uh, we really need to analyze what that is and then um, also have to do financial risk assessment as well as look at your, uh, your personal financial situation. Yeah. And we will know whether um, maybe in, in certain situations, it's better to sell first, <clears throat> then buy. Mm. And if in other situations, if you can afford it, uh, maybe you can just directly buy, okay? But mm. definitely, is it a good time to enter the property market? I would say we are still on an uptrend and we are still riding the wave. Like like uh, what Pete said, the wind is behind us, right? So the sales, we can open our sales and, and sail ahead. The developers are showing confidence. Our government land sales are not stopping. Prices are going up. So yeah, it's a good environment. It's safe. People who entered maybe mm. two years back, they were taking a risk because situation was quite unclear at that time. But now it's a very clear uptrend. Yeah, so that, that's the part that I find very interesting is that, you know, during COVID, right, where we see there's a lot of uncertainty all over the world in terms of doing business, even the stock market, for me, is like, wow, it's a bit uncertain right now. But the property market is holding so strong, right? So, so strong. And, and I think a good question... Um, Okay, so Michael's question is very specific. He's like saying, hi guys, can I check views, our views on treasure? So, hey Michael, we won't go into specific project at this session or maybe if uh, Fina wants to, can. But 
Uh, Fina, I just want to ask you, do you have a framework, right, on how you um, um, advise your, your clients or, in fact, members of Invest with P, right? I know you help 11 of them to achieve their, their success. Uh, what is your strategy? What is your framework? Do you have something that you can share with them? Yeah, actually, I, I do. And I call it the 4R method. Um, <clears throat> if you can actually uh, bring up my slide, that would be great. So wait, wait, let, you have some slides. Wait, let me go and sign. Huh? Okay. Okay, come. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. okay. Here, here, here. Yes. Yes. Ah, okay, so come. actually, if we want to make an investment, right, it's actually good to look at this uh, 4R model. Okay, I call it the 4R investment strategy. So this would really help us to get a picture of what project is actually good for investing. Now, the first R actually stands for the right entry price. Okay. So when we actually uh, going into buying a project, we need to do a comparative market analysis, make a comparison. Is this project that we are entering, right? Is it at a very, um, is it overpriced or is it fair price? Of course, I'm not talking about NTUC, yeah, okay? But, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> So, only Pete laughed. Okay, so, I laugh, I laugh, I laugh. It's anyway. okay, come. <laughs> <laughs> so, the right entry price, um, we have to understand that Newer projects will always be more expensive. For example, it's like getting an iPhone, right? Uh, the new iPhone will always fetch the best price. And for example, my, my phone is an iPhone 11 Pro, okay? Uh, I bought it and then six months later, the iPhone 12 Pro came out. And pretty much, I would say, I would think that my phone is very good. But if I try to sell it off now, it wouldn't fetch as good a price as the iPhone 12, okay? Mm. And subsequently, when the iPhone 13 or whatever comes out, the newest will always get the most attention. Okay. So, but at the same time, we don't want to overpay for it. So it's important to do a comparative market analysis. It's, it's fair to pay a premium, but we also need to analyze, is it something that is um, within a, a reasonable bandwidth? Okay. So this is what we mm. call the right entry price. Having the right entry price will actually uh, help us to secure a better profit when we want to exit in the future, okay? Mm -hmm. And number two, uh, number two is what I would call the risk analysis, okay? The risk management. Uh, this is where I will actually go into doing calculations. So um, some of the PIT uh, members that we have worked with uh, in PIT's community, I have actually run through, run through this with them, not specifically letting, um, I would say not specifically going step by step of, each R, but generally we do this entire analysis together. All analysis will cover all these four factors, okay? So number two is the risk management. Uh, one important thing that when we are actually making any property investment is what is your buffer, okay? To me, it's very important. Holding power is very important. If you don't have holding power, you have to consider situations like what if you lose your job? Can you afford yep. to continue financing the property? Yep. If you maybe you take one year to find a job, for example, or two years. Okay, so, so we want to definitely have enough buffer to uh, tight through and to hold on, such that in the event of a loss of income. Okay, so risk management yeah. is, is very important. Correct. Number three is to look at the rise potential. Okay, so rise the third what, what, rise what rise? So we want it to rise in price. All right, let it rise. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> So the, the, the bigger the dollars, the better. So definitely we want to see that if there are transformation in the area, we want to look at the pricing in the area. Is it a 
proven location where historically, yep. you know, launches always are making money in the area? Or is it that historically prices stagnate in that area? So we would actually analyze different locations accordingly. Okay. So this is the rise potential number three. And number four is called rentability. So mm. in case you don't want to stay and in case you want to rent out for a period of time, some people have an exit strategy of uh, perhaps three years. Purchase today and then once the seller's stamp duty complete, you want to sell three years later. Some of you may think that, okay, what if you want to have a mid, mid to a middle term holding period, maybe a five to seven year holding period, you definitely want to ensure that there's good rental rentability and good rental yield in the property that you're investing. So once again, mm. we will look at what is this, um, what are the jobs that are nearby? What are the tenant pool? What are the tenant profile? Different locations have different tenant profile, such as some of them, uh, like all the metropolis and biopolis, the Bona Vista areas have a lot of highly professional white collars. Okay, certain Places, for example, Ubi and um, Kaki, Buki, there's a lot of industrial areas. So you may find like more middle, middle like, like managers or even workers. Okay. So uh, for some areas in the east, for example, near Changi Business Park and uh, maybe near the other um, aviation industries, you will get different tenant profile accordingly. So we will actually analyze all of this uh, in the investment strategy. So with that, after we have addressed the 4R, then we will actually uh, pick the projects mm. that, are, that are what we consider investment grade. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so not, not all I, properties I think are that's investment a, grade. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think, I think thanks, thanks, Lina. That's a very comprehensive uh, way of uh, sharing with us how you, how you share the clients, right? And uh, Michael, the thing is this. It's very hard for us to give you a yes and no answer for treasure, right? Because it really depends on so many things. Like when we sit down and talk to the students, right? We need to find out, like, hey, for example, are you just buying for investment or buying for own stay? Right? That's very important. Do you intend to rent it out or not? Right? There's so many considerations because to be frank, uh, to be frank, every project can be a good project. Right? Every project can be a good project. It is whether it suits you. Right? So, so it is a very comprehensive thing. Okay? So what? There's quite a lot of questions. So, so let, let's move on to other questions. Um... Okay, so Stephen is asking, just curious, a 1,000 square feet now will cost about 2 mil in OCR. Indeed, okay. So how does the youngster afford can salary increase so much? Okay, this one I, 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 I try to answer. I, I, think, I think Fina, I think Fina uh, <laughs> no, doesn't, doesn't matter to her. The thing is this, guys. I, I want to be very upfront. Uh. This kind of question is beyond my pay grade. Uh, right? This kind of question let the Prime Minister go and worry. Uh. My concern is I want to be on the train before the train leaves the station, okay? And how I see right now is the train is slowly but surely leaving the station, okay? That's all I'll say, uh, right? That's all I'll say, okay? So similar question from Trisha, you know, for someone who bought in 2017, would it be a good time to sell now? It's, so maybe this one, uh, Fina, you can, can help Trisha out, right? You know, for someone who bought it in 2017, so this is the fifth year, so by right, they can sell already, right? Um, maybe just share uh, any any clients uh, like that before and, and how do you usually advise them on this? Um, so I definitely uh, see, okay, we just, can you bring up the private property index again that mm, okay. you were sharing yeah. just now? So with the mm. private property index, right, we 2017 is actually a low point in the property market. 
And currently in 2021, mm. we're actually in the all-time high for the private property yes. market. So yes. if Pete, you could hover your cursor around the, the previous dip, that was uh, oh, yeah. 2017. I don't, know. I don't know my cursor can, can show. No, can you see my cursor? See. Uh, here, here, here. Okay, here. Oh, can, 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 can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2017 yeah. is the the bottom. Yeah. Bottom, yeah. The middle. Ah, yes, 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 yeah. yes, there. Okay, so that is 2017. And now currently in 2021, we are pretty much, we have reached back to the 2013 high points. Okay, but we haven't yeah. really gone past the previous peak yet. So mm. um, they always, I mean, in the stock market as well, in, according to so-called technical analysis, there will always be resistance, right? When it's trying to break yes. through the all-time high. Yes. Yeah. The fact is that now it's a very, very good seller's market. Okay. It's a very good seller's market. It's a good time to exit, uh, especially if you have made profit already in your 2017 prof uh, property. Okay. Mm. And so it's a good time to actually cash out and transfer your funds into another vehicle that is set to have high rise potential. Okay. To have a very good rise potential, as what we mentioned in the third R. Because now, the trend of. Yeah, the trend of Singapore property prices is that after a new launch, a TOP, uh, generally it would the increment would slow down. It if it's a high demand good project, it would still continue rising, all right, slowly, but it's uh, at a much uh, reduced rate. So if you want to have mm. a faster gain, so if you want to have a faster gain, it will good. It will be good to actually move it into a project that fulfills all four R criterias mm. yep. okay, so yep. I, I hope it uh, uh, yeah. addresses your queries we can actually yeah, maybe and, yeah maybe we can discuss further on this yeah and, and to Trisha it also depends on a lot of other things for example like where do you want to buy next what's the next objective is it for investment is it for own stay and and of course the current property where exactly is it how old is it you could have bought a resale right and that will, that will be something different as well okay uh, okay wow so many questions next one um Okay, so Henry has a more specific question. He's saying, hi, Pete and Fina. Uh, your views on selling HDB flat and buying a resale condo in the same neighborhood. Okay, so I, th I think this is a very good question. So Fina is about upgrading, right? So should hmm. should people upgrade, you know, uh, since it's the same location, but they'll take on the bigger bank loan. So what are your views on this? Uh, this is a great question, Henry. And I can really understand the uh, logistics behind this. Probably you want to buy a resale condo in the same neighborhood because so that it causes minimal disruption to your to your daily life, uh, especially if your family is already used to living in that area. For example, schools or if you have in laws in the same neighborhood. Yeah, so uh, logistically, all these are important for you to be in the same neighborhood. Okay, so uh, with that right, it really needs to we need to understand your objective. Why do you want to do this? Why do you want to sell your HDB flat and buy a resale condo? Is it because you feel that your money is safer in the condo? Or is it you feel that the condo has more capital appreciation potential? Or is it are you worried that the HDB flat uh, may potentially lose value over time because the government does not like HDB flats being so expensive? So they may probably implement more measures on the HDB flat. Uh, which is uh, very likely as well. Okay, so but we need to understand your, your really your objectives. Is it you want to have some capital gain or you want to leave some legacy for your children? So 
we would actually have to look into these factors before we can give you a, a clearer answer. Okay, but generally, we would definitely need to look at the trend of the resale condo in your neighborhood. So, yep. as an indication, all right, just, just an example, if it's a very, very old condo and the price trend is generally stagnant or going down, then generally we will say no. We will definitely like straight, straight, straight up, it will be a very clear no, don't sell your flat to move into that condo. But perhaps, perhaps it is relatively new and the prices are still going up slowly. Okay, then maybe it could be in your consideration. It, it could be an option to be considered. Having said that, uh, we generally come up with at least three to five options for members to consider. So because we really brainstorm many, many, uh, I think, for example, um, I worked with uh, Anna recently and then we just sat down, we brainstorm and we really think of ways to help her to upgrade from her HDB um, into something else, not into something, to upgrade into a condo, okay? But what are the mm. different ways we can do it? So so we would really need to yeah. sit down to look more deeply into your situation. Okay, but I hope I yeah. gave you a, a general um, sense of if it's old and losing money, don't, don't do it. Yeah. Yeah, if it's new yeah. and still Definitely. maybe you can consider, yeah. Yeah. So, guys, just to add on to what Fina said, right, let me just share something very quickly. Uh, is that, you know, this is the HDB resale price trend, right? And uh, I, I don't know if you can see my cursor. Uh, is that actually the government has done a very awesome job in the last, I would say, five years uh, before COVID, right? To really taper down the, the, the price expectation. You can see that the price has always been quite flat for HDB. And only in the last three, four quarters, then we started, last five, uh, actually, we start to see that it started creeping upwards. And this is purely due to the COVID situation, right? So I would say this little tail that's pointing upwards now is more of an exception than the norm, right? So you need to ask yourself this. If you are holding a HDB and especially those that are a bit older, you need to ask yourself, where do you think the trend is going to be when all these COVID blows over? Because this thing is going to be endemic eventually. It is not a matter of whether it will be. It's a matter of when it will be, right? So ask yourself, do you want to hold an asset that used to perform like this, right? Or you want to hold on to an asset that used to perform, where is it? That used to perform like a, like a much better looking chart, I would say, <laughs> right? A much better looking chart, right? This is HTV flat. This is the prior property, right? Where there is no flat line at all. In fact, all these dips were caused by so-called intervention. Without intervention, it would have gone through the roof already. Okay? So, hey, there's a lot of context we need to know before I can give you more specific yeah. advice, but I thought it's important there's, to share yeah, this. There's, there's a lot of, there's a, yeah, there's a saying that we, we always, um, I always share with clients that Singapore would be a Hong Kong if not for the government's intervention. I mean, Singapore's yeah. property prices. So Hong yeah, Kong yeah. is essentially like, you know, through the roof. So we would have been there like years ago, if not for government's very strict intervention. Yeah. So but I'm, but I'm thankful for that because that really stopped the property market from becoming like a bubble like, in a certain, certain way. Um, next question, yeah, so, Benjamin. So, Benjamin, um, hey, sorry, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. You have, you have something yeah, to say? I just wanted to address some, uh, just now, um, one of, uh, who was it that mentioned OCR prices cost, what, 2 million... I think Stephen, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stephen. Stephen, Stephen, 1,000 yes. square foot will cost 2 million. Yeah. I think he's uh, with reference to Pasiris 8, uh, like 2,000 PSF. Um, 
I, I guess this is still quite an anomaly, actually. Quite an anomaly. Okay. But it's just that it's trending towards there. So uh, there are still, you know, OCR that we can get a thousand square feet for maybe 1.4 million, 1.5 million, mm. or 1.6. Yeah. That's not two salary. Yeah. Mm. Okay. It, the next question, right, Fina? Benjamin is okay. asking. Sorry. Uh, we'll go on the next question. Yeah. So he's asking hey, if I have a first HDB that is very old, right, and it's very hard to sell, uh, should I still sell it? You know, I think this question is very valid. A lot of people may have their first HDB, uh, maybe handed down from the parents or whatnot, and it's, it's very old already. So, but if they try to sell, it's very hard to sell. So, should they sell or not? Any, any advice on that? Okay, whoops, we might be losing Fina. Let me see. Uh. Okay, guys, Property. we may have some technical difficulty. Don't worry. Uh, let's see if we can bring Fina back. Or is it my Wi-Fi? I'm not sure. Fina, are you with us? Uh, is it better now? I am here. Okay, better. Yeah. Hello. Okay. So, so can can you do? Do you hear my question? Oops. I think we I think we might might have lost uh Fina. Okay. So never mind, guys. So guess what? It's back to me again. Okay. So guys, for Benjamin's question, right? While I let Fina slowly return back uh, to, the, to the picture, uh, is that if you have a first HDB, let's just say uh, if you have a first HDB and you find it very hard to sell already, and the price is dropping very fast because of the lease, right? I don't know how old. Hey, Benjamin, how old is the how old is the HDB? Uh? How old is the HDB? Let me know, right? It's dropping and dropping and dropping. Uh. Let me ask you. Do you want to hold on to something that's rapidly devaluing or you want to cash it out and put somewhere else that is not depreciating as fast. Okay, so ask yourself this question because it is it is a lot about um some cost. A lot of people say, ah yeah, you know, I bought this place and now it's losing hundred thousand. Uh I think don't sell, la, never mind, I just stay here forever. But the thing is this will it lose more or not? Okay, will it lose more or not? Already lost hundred thousand, do you think it'll lose more? So I want you to think about not the loss that the old property, the old HDB has already incurred. Ask yourself, how much money is there left in that property that you can still reallocate to something else? Otherwise, eventually, all those money that you put in HDB, right, will go to nothing, you know? And, and this is especially true for HDB because in the private property, you can actually take out the equity if you want. Go to the bank, take a loan on the property. You can do that. But HDB, you can't do that, okay? All right, so to answer Benjamin's question, huh? Um, Fina is back with us. Let me bring on Fina right now. Hi, Fina. Hi. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Hey, no worries. No worries. So we're just uh, talking I'm, about I'm the sure. first HDB. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I kind of heard a little snippet of what you shared. Um, mm. But I would guess, I, I would guess the one thing that I just want to add on is <clears throat> if the location, HDB will always have bias. But it's just that we need to uh, refurbish the look, the condition of the unit. So, for example, give yep. you a fresh coat of paint, bring in a set of nice looking furnitures, painting. Okay, do up the unit a little bit. It, it gotta we gotta put in a bit of effort. Okay, but it definitely can sell, and you can sell at also can sell at good price, even if it's old. Yeah. 
Wow, we have Faith here. There's a, I think Fina just helped, helped Faith recently, right? In, in marketing her, <laughs> Thank you. her property. Yeah. So you say Fina is really awesome. She's very patient and careful in explaining to us and plan out what is ideal for our situation. She also marketed and sold our flat at a good price. It's really good. Yay. Great, Faith. Good job. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you good so job. much. Thank good you. Job Congratulations well. on your upgrade also. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Hey, um, some more questions. Ah, hey, I think this one is an age-old question now. You know, resale, should we buy 99? Uh, hey, wait, resale 99 leasehold landed property. What, what is that? <laughs> resale 99 um, leasehold landed. I think it's, wow. it's basically a leasehold landed property. 90, that is landed resale. property. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, it's not that common in honestly, Singapore, but is, is, it, is it a good buy? Uh, honestly... I have seen people make money on leasehold landed property. Yeah. So mm. you, you definitely can still make money on a leasehold landed property. Just, but just like all, all leasehold property, the, the rule is the same. If it's new, you can buy. If it's too old, you better be careful because there's going to be a tipping point where the lease decay accelerates rather than the natural inflation of property prices. So mm. you, you just got to be careful of that. And I, I can't give you a very straightforward answer. We need to look at the location. How old is the property? And what is the price? Is it justified? Is it a good entry price? So we need to analyze all these numbers before I can share with you on a specific deal, whether it's actually worth it. But um, is it worth to buy leasehold landed property that's brand new? I would say yes. Okay. Mm. Leasehold landed... Uh, Landed property that is brand new is, is anything anything leasehold that is brand new is pretty safe to actually enter. It's pretty safe, especially yes. for the Correct. first twenty years. Yeah. Yeah. So so I think some some of you might be wondering, hey, I want to buy freehold, I don't buy leasehold. So guys, remember this: we are investors. We we don't really quite care what we buy. We just want to buy things that make money, right? And leasehold has been a very good instrument, uh, as compared to freehold, simply because it's cheaper, right? And this is also why OCR sells better. Right, because it's cheaper. Okay. Um, so Alex saying he just sold off, he's waiting for the market to bottom out. And I think it's a very relevant question uh with regards to let's say like what Steven say, you know, are we gonna see like cooling measures? So so Fina, maybe from your view as a property consultant and investor, right? How do you view cooling measures? Actually, a lot of people have been waiting for the market to crash uh for a very long time. Like I don't know. I've I've heard people waiting for market to crash for ten years. Uh, the last crash I would say that last year the stock market did crash during the COVID. Yep. There were yep. quite a few stock market crashes, but it recovered like almost equally fast. Super. Like super fast. It's like a roller coaster. If you if you blinked or if you were sleeping for that week or that month, uh, it's gone. The opportunity is gone. Right. So, uh, but for property market, property market is not like that. Property market generally lags behind the stock market. Lag as in L-A-G-S, lag. There's always yeah. a lag time in the property market compared to the stock market. And what this means is that if the stock market, for example, is down and it's really bearish, the whole stock market, the property market would start to reflect maybe six months later because property, property is not so easy to, to exit. Okay, if let's say people, they need cash for their property, they can't like, oh, I want to sell now, I want to sell now. Uh, if you want to sell now, you still have to wait at least uh, 
if you're so super lucky, so, you now you want to sell and, and tonight you got a buyer, you still have to wait three months uh, before you can get your money. Okay? Yep. So it's, it's not so easy to exit property compared to stocks. Uh, stocks, you think about it, hey, you want to sell, you just click a button, you can sell already. Okay? Yeah. So, and, so and therefore, in fact, last year, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah go, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, sorry, just a quick one. Uh. So therefore, yeah. the property market has been very resilient because the moment stock mm. market went back up, so basically, that's why property market, you don't see... Property haven't crashed yet. The market will recover already. <laughs> There's no dent. Yeah, the stock market didn't just like, you went down and up, then property is still like, mm, okay lah. The property the market, market haven't, up, haven't right? had a chance to react. <laughs> yeah, you haven't had a chance to react. And the stock market is like, continue go up. Then property is like, okay lah, let's continue go up as well. <laughs> so, yeah, I love that energy. And, I love that. It's, it's, yes. it's exactly what happened, really. It's like a sloth, okay? You know, the animal sloth is like the slow motion moving. It's slow like, and steady wins the race. Slow and steady, yeah. The, the stock market is like 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 having roller coasters and then the property market is like, what? Huh? Oh, mm. <laughs> it's like, you know, it, it, it's just so so much slower to react. So will it crash? I, I don't see any crash happening, especially because of this MAS regulation implemented in 2013 called the TDSR. Mm. Okay, yep. so TDSR means that a lot of investors, they are not over leveraged. In the past, with your same $10,000 salary, you can go to UOB and get one loan, go to DBS and buy, get one loan, go to a OCBC and get another loan. You can buy three different properties, okay, with your same salary. Even a 5000 salary will do. But in today's uh, market, TDSR means that you have a specific debt that you need to keep to, all right? So you actually only have to, uh, what do you call it? You cannot over leverage. You have to strictly keep within the debt ratio. So that's okay. why we don't really see any uh, crash happening in the property market. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so if you know, I, I know it's about one hour already. I don't want to uh, keep you for too long. Um, guys, I just want to sh share this moment and we celebrate with, with all of you and Fina is that thank you, Fina, for, for helping all the community members over the last, uh one one quarter actually just three months uh, right she she helped 11 couples individual proceed with their property journey right and once again guys success takes time so you know when you inquire us or those of you who we helped in the last three months right remember this and it's all about quality over quantity so we we, we couldn't do a lot at singapore in time and many of you have been asking hey uh where are you gonna open up more slots okay so Fina, just now, we just confirmed that we finally completed our last round of 15 slots, right? which is why we want to do a live right now. So guys, for everyone, right? for those of you who have been wanting us to help you right, to achieve your success in property, okay, you can actually right now apply at this link, bit.ly slash property with Pete. We're going to open up just another 15 slots. And that's the cadence that we do. Like, we, we don't want to turn this into like a super mega big thing, but we want to focus on helping our community members, okay? And there's a QR code there. You can scan it with your phone as well, right? So guys, when you go up to this link, uh, there'll be some questions asking you about numbers. And you can see that we are very number-centric, right? Uh, we want to know how exactly uh, is your situation so that we can know how to help you. So please give us real numbers. Uh. Now, guys, you don't have to give us to the $10 or even $100, right? To the thousands is fine. But please give us real numbers because there are some people which are very funny, you know, they... When, when there's one question asked, how much uh, have you set aside to buy the next property? They put 10K. So we were like, um, but they want to invest in property. Of course, straight away, uh, guys, as much as we want to help you, my straight up answer is 
we can't, right? So then they messaged me and say, hey, Pete, I, I didn't receive any confirmation from you. And, and I replied, because you wrote in $10,000. Dude, you cannot buy property with $10,000, <laughs> okay? And then he said, oh, yeah, because I'm a bit shy, I don't want to share real numbers, okay? So guys, this is all on Google Sheet. Yeah, it's very safe, right? We have locked it in. So guess what, guys? If you share... Uh, real numbers, we can help you with real numbers, right? You share sincerely, we can help you sincerely as well, okay? So I'm going to open up another 15 slots uh, for those of you who want uh, our assistant, myself, especially Fina, right? You have seen uh, Faith over here and also for Shirley. I think Shirley uh, had a very awesome journey, right, Shirley, with Fina in selling the place and then buying the next place, you know? It's not just about selling or just buying, right? It's about the full journey as well, Okay. So this time around, we're going to do just another 15. Go to the link right now, okay? Uh, over here, bit.ly slash property with Pete and put in your application. We'll contact you as soon as we can, generally about one week or so. All right, one week or so. Huh? Okay, so uh, just last, last before I let Fina go, right? Uh, Fina, what would be your advice uh, to anyone, right, who is investing in... Uh, property right now, right? Uh, what would be your advice to them? And any, any, your one most important advice? I know there are a lot. Like, I know there are a lot. Okay. Um, I think my one most important advice would be out of the four R. I would say risk management is very important because similar to stocks, if you take care of your downside, let the upside take care of itself. So, yeah, we, we really, uh, as long as we ensure that this is something that we can hold, Singapore property market is a very, very clear uptrend in the past 20 years, 30 years. So holding power is the key to success in uh, property uh, investing. So, yes, take care of the downside and the upside will take care of itself. I love it. I love it. It's so relevant to the stock market. Take care of the downside and the upside will take care of itself. Okay. So guys, so for those of you who would like myself and Fina and in fact, the whole team that I'm working with to help you in your property journey, go to the link right now, fill it in. We're just going to uh, filter the 15, right? That we can assist. And for those of you we can't help, I, I just want to apologize in advance. We'll get to you eventually, okay? But if we haven't got to you, please resubmit, okay? <laughs> Do me a favor. <laughs> please resubmit because we have so many applications. So along the way, we might have missed out. So please forgive us, okay? Otherwise... Uh, submit it thank and we'll you. help you and for everyone out there right thank you, uh, I want to on behalf thank you Fina for joining us okay and guys go out there find the place that you really like whether is it for own stay or investment the most important thing is this take action okay so that's all we have thank you Fina thank you everyone alright thank you and we'll see you all thank next you. time thank bye you, bye alright thank you Pete bye You have been listening to All Your Decisions. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. To access our best resources, go to the All Your Decisions group on Facebook. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any decisions, consult a professional.